Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 122 of the Pause.com Entertainment Podcast. We are your hosts, Tony, and I am Lou, and I'd like to remind people that this episode of the Pause.com Entertainment Podcast is brought to you by Yumbly, where you can search restaurants and menus to find exactly what you're hungry for. Yum! Um, I'm hungry. Go to Yumbly.com or download the Yumbly app from the App Store. With over 3,000 restaurants in the Chicago area, it is the best way to find new places to eat. So what's going on, Tony? <laughs> Nothing. I want to apologize, first of all, because I had posted that we were going to uh, record last week, but you were not feeling well. Uh, tell them the truth. You got arrested. You were in jail for a while. I did not get arrested. No? That didn't happen? No. Oh, okay. I like how you tried to <laughs> take the blame off of you. I was sick. What do you want? I had a stomach bug. Oh, it was awful. Those are the worst. Awful. Those are the worst. They are They are literally the worst. Well, I mean, they're not the worst, but in terms of like normal kind of colds and stuff like that you can get, stomach bug, probably the least pleasant. Yes. Ugh. Ah. Um, so uh, do we have any mail? No. no. <laughs> is it, hello, is this thing on? Is anybody out there? Hello. No mail whatsoever. No. Um, all right. Well, should we just get right into talking about the old visual games? <laughs> sure. <laughs> What's so funny? Because I feel like at this point we're just doing... Well, I know this isn't true because we get the download yeah, numbers yeah, yeah. and they're good. Yeah, they are good. But still feels... It's fine. People are, people are busy. <laughs> doing it for ourselves. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so let's talk about Tomb Raider. Let's talk about Tomb Raider. The new Tomb Raider is out. The game as you've of, been waiting for forever. I have been waiting for this game for years. And uh, now it's here, and so far I'm very, very pleased. I love it. It's really cool. It, it looks nice. I, I will say that, well, let's talk about all the good stuff first, and then I'll talk about my few nits that I want to pick. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> it's um, it's back to the, you know, kind of original format where there's puzzle solving and, and some shooting and some animals. Mm. Uh, the story is basically Lara's origin story. How, you know, as a young lady, she is interested in archaeology and she is with a group of other people on a trip to find some, uh, you know, ancient queen or something from right. China, Japan, whatever. Um, and uh, and so um, to all of our Asian listeners, I apologize. <laughs> she didn't want to call them our Oriental listeners. <laughs> Just really seal the deal. Um, but uh, so their their boat gets into some trouble. And they wind up on an island, and then shenanigans ensue. They, they certainly do. Um, so it's really cool because she kind of starts out with nothing, and she's sort of afraid of everything. Um, she's pretty confident in her archaeological ideas, but in terms of any kind of survival skills, weapon skills, any of that, this is all completely new territory for her. And so you're kind of you know going along this journey with her as she learns how to take care of herself and survive and and, uh, you know, solve problems and stuff like that. And I'm not as far into the game as you are, but I think so far from what I've seen, the way that they go about doing that is so well done. It's Genius. so well it done. Is. I mean, it's one of the best examples of letting the story guide you into how the game is played mm-hmm. and building it up and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. It's really, really well done. Yes. Um, and there are so many great little details in the game um, visually, but but more in terms of Lara's actions. Like uh, we talked about this yesterday. There's a a moment really early on where you're taking Lara sort of around the side of a cliff, and so there's the cliff wall on one side, the little ledge that she's walking on, 
and the drop off on the other side. And and as you're walking across the ledge, she'll like put out her hand to like kind of touch the wall to sort of balance herself. And another time when she's kind of crawling through a little narrow space, she'll just kind of reach up and you see her running her fingers along the stone just to kind of feel her way through the environment. And there are a lot of little things like that. There are a lot of moments where the game sort of takes over for a second. So Mm -hmm. like you're going through a little passageway and it'll take over and she'll go a few steps on her own and then you take over again on the other side. But all the little details of, of how she moves, what she does, you know, where she looks, how she moves her head and stuff like that. They're just so well done. It's really cool. It's, it's, one of the most cinematic experiences oh, absolutely. of and any that game. And opening that cinema is amazing. Yeah. I mean, you could tell that they spent a lot more time on that than they do with the other cutscenes because the other cutscenes are a little more, um, not as refined right. as the first one and not as sharp and, and smooth. Right. But uh, just amazing. Well, I think the opening one was a movie, whereas most of the rest of them are in the game engine, it seems. Yes. Absolutely. So, so it's, you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a different look. But um, and and I and I and I know this is kind of a you know goofy point that some people are going to scoff at, but you know th- there's a lot of history with Lara Croft and the ridiculousness of her proportions and how she looks and all that, way toned down. I mean, she looks like a real person yeah. in this game. But what I think is really interesting is I think they've done an amazing job of making her extremely sexy like the way that she does things and it's not overt she's not trying to be sexy but they've done a really good job of bringing that part of it back without the like you know cartoony you know ridiculous nature of how she looks um there's just like a sexiness about her the way she moves the her voice the way she talks you know the way she does things um and it's it's really really well done um again i don't know how far into the game i am but but you seem to think it's going by Way too quickly. Yes, I'm already at like forty percent, and I've only played about two and a half hours. But now, have you found like all of the little things that you can find in uh, all of the areas? Not all of them. And I was I was reading a review that was saying that um, when you get to the end, then the whole world opens up, and you can just go find all that stuff on your own. And they were saying that's as much fun as you know playing the game. But no, I've certainly found a lot. I, I've come across things that like you know. I uh, wasn't expecting to find, so that right. it'll say, oh, there's like, you know, eight more of these. Right, right. So that's always fun, like being on the lookout for things while I'm doing a quest. Yeah, yeah. There's some really neat things in this. I mean, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's open world in the same sense that something like Far Cry 3 is, right. but the, it's definitely Not a as, lot less linear than all the previous Tomb Raiders. Right. Or Uncharted. Uncharted is completely linear, whereas yeah. this gives you a lot more exploration space. Right, and so there's a map, which I think is the first time there's been a map in a Tomb Raider game, and when you go to a campsite, that sort of opens that area for fast travel, so when you open the map again, you can go back to those locations and look for things that you missed before, even if if you haven't finished the game. You can go back and do that at any time. Um, What other things do you want to talk about first before Um, I... I just want to say the level design is amazing. I yeah. mean, some of the best I've ever seen. It's really good so far. I mean, far. just clever things you have to do that are integrated into the world that just don't look you know, they they seem like they're part of the world rather than seeming like, oh, well, this was put there because this is what I have to do. Right, right. It's uh, it's a lot less arbitrary than a and lot And without of ruining anything, I mean, then later there are things, skills that you acquire that you haven't yet. Right. That, where you can kind of mess with the environments to okay. do other things, which is really cool as well. That sounds cool. Yeah. Um, so a few things that I that I, you know, a few little negatives, and this is 
so minor because the game does look beautiful. But I will say that the character art is not at the same level as other current games like, you know, even Far Cry 3 or certainly Crisis 3, which I'm also playing right now. Um, you know, the the character art in those is, is so much more yeah. realistic. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is, you know, I've complained about this before, but when you take a game that was made for consoles and PCs at the same time, the PC version usually suffers a little bit in the control area. Mm-hmm. I do not understand at all developers' desires to use the mechanic of button mashing. That serves absolutely no purpose. Right. There, There's no reason I should have to press E over and over and over instead of just pressing it once. It's not like it's challenging. <laughs> That's always your complaint. But it's just annoying. It doesn't make any sense. Right. It's not like that action has anything to do with anything in real life. It's completely arbitrary. It's just like, well, hit this over and over again, and if you don't, you're going to die. It's like, okay, I guess I'll do that, but I don't get it. I, I don't mind, like, you have to go back and forth, you know, to wiggle away if right. somebody's trying to get you. But, you know, on the controller, if you think about the controller layout, so you might be doing that back and forth with the stick, and the buttons are on the other side with the other hand. Well, when you're playing it on the keyboard, the left and right are A and D, and the action button is E, which is right above D. So you're trying to, like, go back and forth with these two and then trying to mash a button right above that with your other hand. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. They should just make it a single tap because the button mashing on 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 a keyboard doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But um, but I mean, those are really small gripes. Um, it's uh, it's just so well done. It's Absolutely. so well done. And if you enjoyed any of the previous games at all, I would definitely recommend this highly because it's. And I'll say the same if you enjoyed Uncharted. This is, you can tell that they took some, uh, just some clues from that. I won't say it's it's like a you know copy. It's not at right. all. Right. Right. Um, but I I I like this openness that uncharted doesn't have yeah but with the same excitement level because that's what i love about the uncharted games yeah it's excitement through throughout and i feel that this game is as well yeah and there are a lot of those click time events but i think they're what quick well the yeah whatever they're called both well they're called quick time events. well no they're called both they're never read click time event you've never seen that i've seen it i've seen it but anyway um they're they're done a little bit differently like you get first of all this stuff usually slows down and then, like, a lot of times um, there's this thing that's almost like a, a target uh-huh. that kind of comes in and then closes in so that you know it's coming. Um, and the nice thing is, is if you screw up and you die, then it starts you back, like, right before that. Right. But but you still have time to react. Right. So it's not it's not as annoying as it could be. Plus, there's just something really great about the flow of everything that just mm-hmm. – makes so much more sense than in a lot of games that do that. Like in Far Cry 3, when you would get into areas where you had those, it was almost like a cinematic, you know, like a complete cinematic that took you com- completely out of the flow of what you were doing before right. that. And then you had those, you know, button-pressing events within that, where this is much more integrated into what you were doing already. Yeah, I'll agree. So, um, I'll, I'll say also that this game is quite a bit darker than all the other games. I mean, like, in tone. I mean, there's some things that happen later. You'll definitely come across it where, like, it's a little jarring. Yeah. That would have never happened in any of the other games. Yeah. Well, I I don't know if I should say I'm looking forward to that or, <laughs> or if I'm not, but, you know, it is what it is. It's I, I like it, though. I mean, I could probably guess what some of those things are, but um, uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend it, and I'm looking forward to going through more of it. Uh, oh, I also played the next thing you're going to talk about. 
Uh, this was actually a suggestion from one of our listeners. I guess we did have some mail. Stretch. Stretch. Right. Told us to try the cave. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. Did you finish it? No. Okay. Um, but I will. Yeah. I just felt there were many times, though, where it's it was what was a developer thinking. Exactly. And that's my... That's the reason yeah. I stopped playing it. There were a couple times I had to go online. It was I, I so, would not have figured it out. On it my was so, like the time travel, the first time travel thing just seems so arbitrary. Did you get to the part with all the carnival things you had to do? No. That some of those, there's no way I would have figured them out on my own. And you know, it's that designer because he's yeah. the same designer behind, right, Monkey Island or- Oh, is he? I don't know. Or something. It's some of those, one of those kind of games. And it's the same thing. It's like, well, what was this guy thinking in this part of the game? Right. Um, I did- I lo- also don't love- I'm going to be honest. I think this breaks up a flow, too. I don't love these games where, like, you're controlling, like, three or four different characters. Each one have a, have a different Yeah, I don't like skill, that either. And then you've got to switch back and forth between them. I don't love that. I, I think don't like that, that breaks either. up a flow as well. Not only that, but it's it, you feel like you're wasting so much time just getting people to certain places. Right. Exactly. I hate that. Exactly. I hate that. So uh, there were a lot of nice things about it. Uh, I, I would like to see that as just like a single character kind of environment right. with less arbitrary puzzles, and then I'd be much more into it. But um, But those aspects of it I didn't really care for. But it's beautiful, and the yeah. controls are very simple, which yes. I like. So it's very easy to pick up and do it. It's just like I, I did feel like I was doing a lot of retread. Right. Um, Absolutely. But I will still go back and finish. I mean, I enjoyed what I played. Yeah. Um, I also played Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed. It's another karting game. Okay. And I have to say, so much fun. Yeah. The, like the best karting game I've ever played because they really do some crazy stuff. You know, the little big planet karting. It's fun, but like here, like you can, at parts you turn into a plane and just like you're jumping from areas to areas and just like, just it's much more fantastical, right? Which makes it a lot more fun, right? More things just because it's different. You haven't seen it right. before, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, so fun. I mean, you know, it's a carding game, so yeah, I wouldn't spend 60 bucks on it, but you know, right. Um, also, Zen Pinball Star Wars tables came out. The first three of the tables came out. It's Boba Fett, Clone Wars, and Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Uh, they're fun. I expected them to be better than they are. Yeah. Um, a real good, to me, some of their tables, my favorite of their tables, I really get an essence of the world that the table is revolved around. For example, the Spider-Man one. Right. I really feel I'm in the world of Spider-Man. Yeah. Whereas these, I don't feel I'm in the world of Star Wars. It was kind of like they just put a background in and called it Empire yeah, Strikes I Back. Yeah, I mean, the, the Empire Strikes Back one has different things from, like, different little uh, cinematics from the movies that, that take part. But I didn't get a Star uh, an overall Star Wars feel from it. Gotcha. So. Huh. That's a shame. Yeah. But they're coming out with more, so hopefully, you know, a couple of them, you know. Right. Will be better. Yes. Yeah. Was there a Wampa Cave where you could Wampa lock a ball? Cave. Maybe. There should be. Maybe. Were there walkers moving across the table? Yes. That's good. Yeah. Were there snow speeder like lights going um, towards the... In fact, when the walker comes out, you have to put, in order to kill the walker or take the walker down, you have to, there's a loop around where yeah. the walker is, so you have to keep like... Is there an put... asteroid field? Yes. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, I got some... Was there Bespin? Uh, yes, there is. Was there Master Yoda? Of course. Okay. IG-88. <laughs> okay, stop. Was he in there? Was he in there? I don't know. You don't know who that is? No. The tall, skinny, tall, skinny. Uh, you know, robot yeah. uh, bounty hunter no, guy. There's 
Um, that's it for you for games. Yes. So after I finished Far Cry Three, uh-huh. was it? I guess. And before Tomb Raider came out, I was kind of bored game wise. And I remembered that I had a couple of games that I had purchased a long time ago and had never played. One of those was Dragon Age Origins, which has gotten very high reviews from like pretty much every gaming establishment, you know, uh, press related kind of whatever people who review games. And the other was Crisis. And I remember the reason I didn't play Crisis is because when I first got it, my machine wouldn't run it because uh-huh. it was it needed too powerful of a machine. So I installed both of those again, and I tried to play Dragon Age Origins, and I I just got so frustrated with it because I I played a mage character, and at the beginning, I guess one of the things that people liked about this game was when you first start it, when you choose your class, the beginning of the game is completely different based on which class you choose, and there's a whole story behind your character and all that kind of stuff. So for the mages, they have to go through this thing called the Fade where the other mages you know, put you into this sort of subconscious state where you have to figure out how to beat a demon and that proves that you're going to use your mage powers for good and not evil. So you meet a bunch of different characters when you're in this thing. It's not that big, but it was not obvious to me even not, not necessarily what I was supposed to do, but even the, the overall context of what I was supposed to do. Right. Like, you know, you meet these people in order but you don't necessarily have to do the things that they tell you to do to progress. In fact, the, this is one guy that you meet that will, if you go through certain parts of the conversation with him, he gives you a weapon that you can use to defeat the demon later. If you go through a different part of the conversation, you have to fight him, and you're way too weak to beat him, so you die. And so it's like, at first I thought I was supposed to fight him. I'm like, well, I don't know how I'm ever supposed to beat this guy. So I just I just didn't find it very fun. Uh-huh. And... Um, and and then once I figured out how to get past that and got out of it and got into the world, I, I realized that I am beyond the point where I can play those types of role-playing games because there was so much conversation with so many characters, and I just I just did not care. Not, I want to say that I tried that game, and it doesn't uh, – I have no memory of it whatsoever, so it must yeah, not have made I just, any impression on I me I just don't have the patience for it anymore. Yeah. Um, so then I went and I played Crisis, and um, I really, really enjoyed it. It was, it was. I mean, first of all, for a game that's six or seven years old, still gorgeous. It looks better than most new games. Right. Um, and it was uh, the the thing is, you're like a special ops guy, and you've got this thing on called the nano suit, which gives you different abilities like super strength or, um, you know, invisible. Yeah, you can go invisible for like two seconds, which was pretty much useless in that first game. Um, and some other things you can jump really high and blah 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 all that kind of stuff, but um, but you're in you're on this island that's part of North Korea I guess and you're fighting your way through the North Koreans in the meantime you're trying to discover some ancient you know threat that they've discovered in this mountain and it turns out to be some kind of alien thing these squid creatures and then you have to you know destroy them um obviously at, by the end of the game but then in Crisis so then I got so then I like that so much that I got Crisis two. And I which played, I have also played. Which I played all the way through. And that one was set in New York City after these aliens Talk about attacked. Gorgeous, huh? Oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. To so, this day, I think that's one of the best-looking games. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It's yeah. absolutely amazing-looking. Uh, I mean, Far Cry 3 is right up there. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it looks, it looks fantastic. And they simplified some of the gameplay elements. They added a bunch of new stuff. And, um, and I really enjoyed that, too. 
and then um, and then I've started playing Far Cry Three now, which uses the same engine. So, or sorry, yeah, Crisis Three, which uses the same engine, so it looks pretty much the same. But um, again, they've simplified even more stuff. Um, but what was interesting is we talked about the using the binoculars in Far Cry Three to tag people. They oh. do that in those games, um, and uh, it's um, so in in Crisis Three now the the um sort of military guys that are the bad guys are called cell and they've set up these domes that people live in and basically they charge people for power to to survive and it's so expensive that nobody can afford anything so it's like pretty much cell and everybody else is in poverty right. so you're trying to take down cell and you're sort of becoming one with the nano suit because you realize that the nano suit was actually built from scavenged ceph technology the ceph or the the aliens um and so you're sort of becoming one with the suit, so you're able, as you get further and further into Crisis 3, to sort of link up to the Ceph hive mind, and uh, and um, you realize that there's this still this alpha Ceph who's in charge of everything. The, the cell thought they were mostly dead, but now they're coming back because they've wo- because they were actually pulling power from the alpha Ceph to power all their systems. And so now he's woken up, and all the Ceph are coming back online, and... Um, and you know uh, shenanigans. Right. There's lots of shenanigans, but they're really, really it's a fun lot games. Of setup for the shenanigans. Yeah, they're really fun <laughs> games, and and they're very challenging. Like even on yeah. the easiest level, they're not easy. Right. Okay. Um. You you know you find you you run out of ammo, and um or you you know get close to running out of ammo. And and the thing that I like about the games is I'm I'm playing them and they're like scary. Like I'm right. scared to go into this next level where I know there's a bunch of Ceph because you know the cell is not scary but when you get to the parts with the aliens they're so fast and they're not easy to kill right. and it's just like I get scared and if I like, remember right when they come at you they jump right in front of you yeah they jump at face. you and then they start like pounding yeah. on you because yeah. they're basically like squid right. in these exoskeletons and they just start and like wailing only, on if you if I remember right only a certain part of them you can shoot uh no so you can something on their back yeah there's on the back like they have this like exposed jelly area yeah. where that you can take them down easier if you hit that um, but like there are these areas where you, uh, in I think this was in Crisis Two, yeah. There were these giant like mech walking things that would come out, and they were so hard to kill. Right. And again, they have this thing on the back that like when they turn around, if you hit that, you can take them down easier. But still, I mean, it takes a lot. There was this one area where we were in a part of New York City, and and there was a subway stairways that went downstairs and connected like two different streets. So I was hiding in those and going back and forth, trying to kill this big Walker thing. And it literally took me like close to an hour to kill it because there were also other stuff like running around and they were either cloaking themselves or, you know, hiding in buildings. And I didn't have enough ammo to kill all these things. So I had to concentrate just on the big Walker because once you kill a Walker, the other ones run away. So as long as you can avoid them, but I mean, th- it's like some like some scary stuff in in that gaming sense, you know. That's right. really fun. Um, so I definitely recommend those as well. And I think that's the only other stuff that I played. That's a lot. It is a lot. Ready for some miscellaneous? Yep. Uh, Sony has released some info on the next PlayStation. The console will be able to play used games, which is a big plus. That is a big plus. Uh, there will be cross game chat and an improved version of the PlayStation Eye camera will be included with each console, which will enable the use of motion control and face recognition a la Connect. There was no mention of release date or price. Aha! There's speculation, but it's just that. 
there is a new patch out for Far Cry 3 that allows players who have finished the game to reset liberated outposts. That's cool. Yeah. So you can go back and do all that again. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Blizzard has announced that Diablo 3 will be released for the PS3 and PS4. No word on Xbox. Ah. Uh, the addition of achievement trophies for Dishonored seems to imply that the first set of story DLC will be out shortly. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about the challenge DLC. Like, I didn't find that as fun. I need to go back and play that again. Yeah. Uh, finally, the Tomb Raider film reboot is officially in the works. It all comes down to casting. You got to cast that right. Yep. I mean, I, I, you know, we made a list before of right. who we thought it should be, and I, I just can't. You're much more familiar with the young starlets than I am. Not anymore. I didn't even remember who was on the list. <laughs> but uh, it's just, it's got to be cast right. right. You know, the person has to be believable um, kicking some ass. Right. You know, and, and I thought, I thought as much as I like Angelina Jolie, I thought she hammed that up a little too much. And um, I, you know, those movies just had terrible stories. I mean, that's the problem. Right. They were just bad. Well, I had read the Crystal Dynamics, who make the games are involved in the consulting of the movie. Yeah, so, well, I hopefully mean, it's so. enough to make them better. Because I have to say, this this game that, you know, the game we're playing right now, the story's fantastic. It is. It's really cool so far. I mean, as a movie, that would be great. Yeah, it's really cool. That's really cool. That's and it. it's, it's really neat how much um, games and, and movies and TV shows are, like, a lot of times you'll find better stories in games than you will right. in a lot of movies and TV shows. Um, and, you know, do you know about this Defiance that's starting in April? No. It's a, t- a sci-fi TV show that has an MMO that's running concurrently, and things that happen in the game will ultimately affect the TV show, and things that happen in the TV show will affect the game. So if you're watching it and playing it, you get a much bigger experience. Oh, that's interesting. Um, you know, who knows if it'll take off, or, but it right. looks like it could be kind of cool. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot uh, at risk there. There is a lot of risk there. If one, if half of it sucks, yeah. Well, I mean, if the, I guess if half of it sucks, oh well. If the other half is good, then it'll probably survive, right? You know. But I would imagine a lot of money is being put into both. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know how that would work. How stuff in the game would affect the show? Because don't they have to shoot it like months in advance and all that kind know. of stuff? But I don't know. I assume they have something worked out, right? Let them take care of it. I'm not going to lose sleep over this. Let's <laughs> put it that way. Um, so that's it for video games? That's it. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about TV. Okay, we're back, and it's time to talk about television. Uh, what should we talk about first? What do you want to start with? Uh, well, I'm an episode behind on The Americans and Walking Dead. So, Has Revenge been on recently? No, it's not on until next week. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, I, I think we're caught up, but weeks. yeah. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. Oh, okay. So there's not really much to talk about then, is there? Right. With regard- <laughs> I'm glad it's on this list. Um, so we can't talk about the Americans. Well, I will say this episode of the Americans was fantastic. Oh, my gosh. So good. So intense. So many, like, crazy things happening. And I just really love that show. I think I love it's it. Such it's a my good, favorite show right now. Such a good, ap- such a good mixture of story and character. That I just really, really love it. Right. And um, what's his name? Michael Reese or yeah, God, is he good? He is so good. He's really charming too in interviews. Have you seen him on talk shows? I have not. He's really charming. But uh, but he's really, really good on that show. And this was this was just such a great episode. 
I look forward to it. I'll watch, watch it today, actually. Um, one thing I was telling you, I really enjoy how, you know, not all not all episodes are, you know, very action-packed. Right. Some, some move a little slower, but I think their character development is so good that I, I'm never, like, bored or, or complain about being slow. Totally agree. And one thing I like also that I've also mentioned to you is that uh, they make you completely sympathize with these characters. But in every episode, they do one thing to show you, okay, you're sympathizing with these characters, but they're not good people. Well, her right. anyway. Right. And the people they work for, they're not nice people. Right. I mean, they're... they're. Well, I mean, they're they're just... they're They believe so strongly in their country that they're just absolutely ruthless, just like we would be in, you know, in defense of our own country. But, I mean, they're not really in defense of their country. They're here in our country. Right, right, right. But they're not really trying to they're, – they're not being um, aggressors. They're just trying to prevent us from – you know, their whole – the reason that they're here is to spy on us to make sure that we don't attack them or if they think we're going to attack them that they know about it in advance. It's not like they're trying to start a war on our soil. Right, but they're still – They'll go to, you know, great lengths right. and, and terrible lengths. Right, but do you think that's any different than how our spies would be if they were in the same situation? I mean, we we know. I don't know. I'm just saying it takes a certain kind of person. Oh and, yeah, and it's it's not a likable person, but yet they've made these people likable. Right, right. It's very it's it's pretty masterfully done in that. How respect. can those kids never wake up in the middle of the night and ask where their parents are? <laughs> Actually, there's a cool. Moment about that in this. Oh, episode. is there good? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, sort of. You'll you'll know what I'm talking about when you see it. Um, so, The Walking Dead. I won't say too much about, except that I will say that this was really the first episode. This last episode was the first episode where I really liked Michonne. Like That's I good, really liked her, her character. character. Little, I, I felt I feel her character is probably the most two dimensional of all of them. Right, and and I I found her a lot more likable after this episode. Good. Um, but I'm I'm a little bit bored with the show this season. The last few, yeah. I don't like Crazy Rick, first of all. Yeah, Crazy Rick is not fun. No. No. Has is that dialed back a little in this? Yes, he's a little less crazy. All right. Um and I also I just I don't know. Like when the when the drama last season was internal where you know it was so tense because of things between Rick and Shane and Lori. Like that, I feel worked a lot better than the drama between our group and the mayor and his people, governor, yeah. the governor, whatever. Because he's just like I just, he's just horrible, right? You know, right? And um, I, I don't know. I I just feel like if it was that much of a threat, well, I don't know. I guess you can't really put yourself in that position because I mean, obviously, the prison is a pretty great place to be if they can defend it, right? But. That one episode where they when they attacked it and then sent in that truck with all the yeah the walkers and back that, that was, was pretty great. Now what happened to the driver of that truck? The person wearing like the motorcycle outfit? Did they die or did they escape? No, with... they escaped. They did. Okay, it was a woman too. Wasn't it, it seemed like it was a woman. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, we couldn't remember what happened to her. If she yeah, no, I want to say she escaped. Oh, okay. Um, what else have you been watching? Uh, oh, I've, been, I've watched a couple episodes of House of Cards, which okay. is the new show on Netflix. The one with Kevin Spacey. Have you seen the, like, when you turn on Netflix, have you seen the, like, no, the banner for it? No. Um, it's a political thriller with Kevin Spacey and Robin Wright and some other names that you would know. Um, apparently it's based on, uh, on a mini series in England, I want to say. Okay. And he's this, uh, their, their regular TV se- seasons are so short. I can't even imagine how short a mini series is. 
What is it, like one and a half episodes of something? <laughs> it's two hours long. <laughs> yeah. um, With commercials. And it's about this politician who's kind of crooked, and like it's just about him doing crooked things to like stay afloat in yeah. U.S. politics. And uh, I have to say it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. The minuses are Kevin Spacey has uh, has come from the the John Malkovich school of acting, where now he is a complete caricature of himself. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And there's a, you know he he you could always see that potential in but him, but now it's like over the top. Completely. So so it's like Harrison Ford when Harrison yeah. as Harrison Ford has gotten older. Right now he's just like a caricature. Like of he himself. never just has subtle moments. Everything is so grandiose and over the top. And yeah. Like, um. And in that like sarcastic Kevin Spacey voice, but yeah. one thing they do that I hate, and it happens often, is and only his character does it. He talks to the camera, and, like to the point where like he'll be like, "Now watch what's going to happen here. Watch what I do here." And then he'll do something, and they'll come back. See, I showed you. That is kind of weird. It's so weird. It's so annoying, <laughs> and I can't see them just ending it because it's happened. In the, I've watched two episodes, and it, it's happened throughout those two episodes. That's really strange. But it's, it's really like aggravating. Well, it, it's the same. I mean, it's not. I don't find it aggravating, but I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense why there are talking heads on Modern Family. Modern Family. Yeah. What? Why are there? I mean, even on the but office. But this is different. I mean, this is he's in a scene, and then all of a sudden he'll just turn to the camera, talk to you. Yeah, that's weird. And then turn back to the scene. That's weird. It's so weird. Have you noticed? And, and I don't know if Netflix is this way because you know this is the only sh- time I've ever heard of anybody watching a Netflix series because it's a Netflix original series. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, let me say though, there's big names involved. I mean, it, it's written by. Oh, was it written by? It's written by someone big. All so far, all the episodes I watched are directed by David Fincher, so it's okay. huge, right? But here's the thing, and like, to- and beautiful. I mean, you could tell that a lot of money's gone into it. Yeah. Production value is the utmost. Yeah, I um, when I was sick recently, I was trying to find stuff to watch on uh, Hulu Plus, and I just started watching old um, episodes Bob of Bob Newhart, no Star Trek uh, Enterprise, because I wanted to watch something sci-fi, and. There, there are constantly commercials for all these Hulu Plus exclusive shows. Uh-huh. They all seem, f- with a few exceptions, absolutely terrible. Like the ideas seem terrible. They seem like they're trying really hard to be really edgy and like clever, and they don't look like they're probably successful at that. And some of the concepts are just awful. There are a couple that looked pretty good, yeah. like maybe maybe one or two. But the rest of them just look dreadful. Like, God, they absolutely, they all look like the kind of show that I would never, ever want to see, ever. Yeah. It's well, just, you're not their only demographic. So. I, uh, obviously, I'm not even in their demographic. <laughs> but, no, uh, you know what? I, I That may be the case, but I'm really happy that, you know, they're they're pursuing other, you know, rather than just network television, there are other avenues that are branching out. And a lot yeah, more I mean, it's cool. It's and, cool. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But I just... I just wish there was more variety because they're all they all seem like so dark and gritty and edgy. I mean, I don't know if you've heard of that one on Hulu Plus called The Yard, uh-uh. which is about a bunch of like grade school kids beating the crap out of each other uh, on the school playground. And I know it's supposed to be like a tongue in cheek comedy, but it's not presented that way in the commercials. And um, it's just it's a little bit it's a little bit baffling to me. I don't know. But anyway. Oh, there must be an audience for it somewhere. I'm sure there is. Uh, so, okay, so what have we been watching? American Idol, um, girls this year, amazing. There's like five or six or seven girls who are really good. Um, there's a couple guys who are really good, but the girls are way better than the guys. Uh, last night's Idol, there was a very strange moment. Um, this one kid, uh, I, I can't even remember his name, but he... Um, He's a kind of oddball, quirky kind of kid. 
and he did a sort of anger-filled performance of an old Genesis song. And the judges were all like, what the hell's going on? You know, you've been such a, you know, fun, happy kid. And where's that kid? And you could tell during the entire part of feedback that he was like trying really hard to hold it together, you know, and not lose it like crying and whatever. And then when Seacrest came over to him, um, he said, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I got, I got a bit angry in this song, you know, and, and a lot of people think I'm always this happy, smiling kid, but usually the reason I'm smiling is because I feel like I have to. And then it's like, oh God, this guy's either going to whip out a gun and start murdering people, or he's going to kill himself like in the next three days, that's going to happen. So I hope they have this kid on suicide watch because <laughs> I think the kid needs some serious help. Like seriously, like I'm not even kidding around. Like it really looked like this kid might like off himself. It was weird. Um, we've also been watching Touch, which I don't know why we keep watching that show. <laughs> like every every episode, there's there's one little one little moment that makes us think that it's gonna go someplace really good, and then it just like never gets there. There have been a couple episodes, like the the pilot, you know, for this or the season premiere this year was really great, and then it went down, and then it went back up, and then it went down, and then it went back up. It's just like I just don't get what they're doing, but it's there's not even anything worth talking about. <laughs> Um, we've also been watching this really cheesy sci-fi show called Continuum, but it's kind of fun. I mean, you know, it's time travel. There's some sci-fi kind of people who have been in a lot of sci-fi shows that are on the show. Um, did I talk about it before? No. It's a story of a cop from 75 years in the future who um, is at an event where these criminals who are branded as terrorists in their time are going to be put into prison they've all been caught now they're going to be put into prison but they somehow trigger a time travel device and she gets caught in the like blast radius of it and so they're all brought back to our time so um and and some of the story elements are actually really cool like the the terrorists are all fighting against this big you know evil empire company starbucks it's not Starbucks. It's <laughs> they did not use any real names. Disney. Uh, uh, no, it's not Disney. Um and and um you know, because their argument is that they're they're corrupt and they're hiding things from the public and you know, there's no way that people can make it because all the people you know, it's like the same kind of stuff that people are talking about today with the one percent, you know, Occupy Wall Street stuff. Um and in, in this particular case it's it's true because like the we we've found out now through some flashbacks that the the cop's husband who um, works for that big company in their security division or whatever knew that rations were being withheld from the public that were supposed to get there. And, you know, that's one of the things that they're outraged about. So anyway, so there's some cool stuff like that. But one of the neat things is she has this suit that she wears, you know, that all the people in the police force wear in, in their time that has all this cool tech built into it. And, um, and when she first gets back to our time, you know, she doesn't know what's going on. She doesn't know where she is or when she is or anything like that. And she just starts talking on her radio and she hears somebody answer. And the oh, guy. I think you have talked about this before. Did I? On the show? And then so there's some guy that's talking to her, but it's a guy that's here now. Right. But he's, he's the guy. He's the guy yeah, who invented the talk- tech. And yeah. we find out later, too, that he's the guy who's the head of the evil right. empire company you in the future. Okay. Well, I'm sorry then. But um, but so there's some cool story elements. It's just super cheesy. Uh, we've been watching Castle. That's been good as always, although I can't really say anything about any of the episodes without giving anything away. So, um, but it's, it's, it's same old fun self. Still watching New Girl. That's been really funny. Have you been watching Modern Family or no? Yeah. Yeah. You still like it? Yeah. Yeah. It's still good. I, mean, I don't like it as much as I used to, I guess. Yeah. Not enjoying it as, I don't know. 
it still makes me laugh. I enjoy it. Yeah, it's. I think it's funny. Um, and uh, and we've been watching the following, which is very gruesome for a network TV show. I mean, there's a lot of really disturbing. Yeah, I thought so even in the first two episodes I watched. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty disturbing in parts. Um, and I think it's getting. I think it's getting a little bit more interesting, but I I feel like the the bad guy is is like too over the top. Oh yeah. I mean, what what is he from that everyone's like? Oh my god, I can't believe they got him for this show. Um, James Purefoy is that his name? That sounds right. Hold on, let me look. Um, because I know I've seen him before, but I can't remember from what. Seems like a guy who would be in you know like a Highlander type of movie or a Tomb Raider movie or something like that. He was in that show Rome. He was in Resident Evil, A Knight's Tale. Oh, it's probably Resident Evil. John Carter. He was in John Carter? Oh, yeah, he was the bad guy, I think. Solomon Kane. Never saw that. Ironclad. Yeah, he plays a lot of, like, Dirt bags. Be gladiators or, like... Yeah, a lot of period kind of yeah. things, yeah. Um, But it's... It's good. It's very entertaining. Like some of the episodes are really, really intense. But it's it's. I'm always surprised at how gruesome it is. Um. But what was cool in this one is you learn that the whole following is like a lot bigger than they thought it was. You know, they thought it was four or five or six people, right. and now you learn that at a minimum it's like fifty people. Um. And it's they're in people. and they're all different. You know, they're in the military, the police. You know, they're they've infiltrated all these places, or they've been able to recruit people who already work there. And so obviously that makes it a lot tougher for them to catch right. a bad guy. Uh, you want to go into miscellaneous? Sure. Uh, the Americans has been renewed for a second season. Thank goodness. Uh, Fox has also renewed. Well, not that that's Fox, but Fox has renewed New Girl, Bing. the Mini Project, Bing. and the following Bing. for another season. I have been enjoying the Mini Project. Yeah, we don't watch that anymore. Really enjoy that. Um, following the success of Once Upon a Time, ABC is now developing another nighttime soap based on classic tales. Gothica will weave together stories from the legends of Dracula, Jekyll and Hyde, Frankenstein, etc. That sounds more interesting to me than yes. Once Upon a Time. Yes. I tried to watch both Grimm and Once Upon a Time, and I thought they were both terrible. Yes, I don't like either either. But yeah. they both have a big following. So They do have big followings. Um, not to be confused with the following. Right, which um, is also big. Kristen Wiig and Seth Rogen will make appearances on Arrested Development's upcoming season on Netflix, which I cannot wait for, which is in May. There you go. Uh, John Stewart will take this summer off from The Daily Show to direct a film. Do we know anything about the film? What's the film? What I is it about? I know about the film. Do not know. Okay. But he will direct it. So he probably knows about it. Okay. I hope. Okay. I, I would hope so. To take hiatus from a job that you're very successful right. at. To do something that you know nothing about. Right. That's, right. that's a, a bad choice. idea. No, yeah. it's bad financial And I would sense. give him credit for being smarter than that. You would, you would think so. Can we move on? <laughs> <laughs> Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman is currently developing a new drama about exorcism. Called The Puking Live? Uh, no. No? Um, for whatever reason. That sounds boring to me, too. Exorcism, another one of those subjects that like I never find that interesting. I don't like ghost stories. I don't like fairy tales, like the Once Upon a Time thing like right. that. Like It's just not that interesting. You don't like mint and chocolate together? Uh, No. I don't like anything with mint, really. So Peanut butter and chocolate is good. So you don't like a mojito? No, no, I'm not a big fan of the mojito. Oh, I love a mojito. Well, can we send Kelsey out for mojitos? No, we cannot. Especially <laughs> since you don't work here. <laughs> um, for whatever reason, CBS is bringing the Cameron Diaz film "Bad Teacher" to the small screen. Huh? 
Sarah Gilbert from Roseanne in the talk will star. Can you bring her up? Can you bring her up? Sarah so Gilbert? Yeah, I can't picture her. Bring her, will you bring her up for me? You don't want to picture her. Really? Yeah. Bad news, Charlie? Yeah. she the blonde or the brunette? The brunette. Oh, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> oh, no. You asked for it. Oh, no. Really? Did you know she's Melissa Gilbert's sister? Um, I did not know that. Do I care about that? How old? How far apart are they? Uh, Isn't Melissa Gilbert a lot older than her? Let's see if I click on her biography. It's a lot of information about Sarah Gilbert. That yeah, speak in the microphone. Um, 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 um uh, she was born in '75. Sarah or Melissa? Melissa. Okay. Sarah? Oh, they're her half siblings. Or well, Melissa and Jonathan Gilbert are her half siblings. So they share the same father. But Wait, different mothers. Which one is which one was on Roseanne? Sarah Gilbert. And Melissa how old, Gilbert how old was is on she? Little House on the Prairie. She was born in seventy five, so she's Okay, and how old 40. is what about Melissa? When was she born? I don't know, but she's older. Yeah, I think she's has to be born in the sixties at least, right? If not. Well, yeah, I guess it would be 60s. Uh, Melissa Gilbert was born in 64. Yeah. Yeah, I thought she was So they're older. like yeah. 10, 11 years apart. 11 would be the right. correct number. Well, yeah. depending on when they were born. I mean, if one is born in January and the other is born in December. Sure. 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 You can't call one month a whole year. Yeah, well, I can. But you would be wrong. Well, I could still do it. Uh, this is America. Robin Williams has a new comedy coming to CBS with Sarah Michelle Gellar appearing as his daughter. I'm not laughing yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what to expect of that. I mean, is he going to be bearded Robin Williams or not bearded Robin Williams? Cause it's a totally... comedy, so he will not be bearded. You know, he, he only has the beard when he's not being funny. I don't know if that's true. Wait, no, the beard is serious Robin Williams. Right. So but he you will said not he, have the beard. Oh, he will not have the beard. Okay. Because it's comedy. Except maybe he's going to be the straight guy. That's a waste of Robin Williams. Yeah, but Sarah Michelle Gellar? I Are mean, you still thinking Sarah Gilbert? No, but I'm just saying, <laughs> is she super funny? Uh, I don't know. Did you see Scooby-Doo? <laughs> I didn't think she was super funny. Not in that. I think that was the writer's fault. I don't I, think we can blame her no. for that. No, but I mean, is she? She just seems like sarcastic. Maybe, well, I'm she, sure like, she'll funny? play the straight guy. Maybe. Oh, so she's she's dressing up as a man. Okay, moving on. <laughs> is this uh, Mrs. Doubtfire? What's going on here? <laughs> uh, Dexter's upcoming eighth season will be its last. Never seen it, but I'm sure there's someone out there who does. Um, it has been revealed that Khloe Kardashian has been fired from the X Factor. She should have never been hired in the first right, place. Exactly. That was like the most pointless host. Assignment yes. ever. It was her and, and who? Uh, Mario Lopez. He's not bad. No, he's fine. Uh, just keep him. I he, mean, he doesn't need her. He'll forever be AC Slater to most people. But right. And finally, Justin Timberlake will return to host SNL this Saturday. JT. Those are always great episodes. JT. Let me tell you, last week's Saturday Night Live is one of the worst I've seen in years. Who was the host? Kevin Hart. JT. Who's that? He is a stand-up comedian. I've probably seen. He's not very funny. Apparently not. That's weird that you would have a stand-up comedian be the guest host. Isn't it usually somebody who's not really a comedian? Unless they're like a former alum or something like that. Do a lot of comedians do that? Sure. That's where Steve Martin used to do it every other week. But he was also, I mean. I mean, when they have funny people on there is when it's funnier. 
Yeah, but the funny people don't necessarily have to be comedians. You know yeah. what I mean? But comedians generally are funny. Well, you would think so. Not in Kevin Hart's case. <laughs> but Steve Martin was always a comic actor. No, you know what I mean? he was a stand-up first. Right, right, right. But, I mean, he was famous for being a comic actor. He was not famous no, for being a... Fa- when he hosted Saturday Night Live, he was only a stand-up comedian. Oh, really? He never acted. His first movie was The Jerk, and that was well after Saturday Night Live. Really? Yes. So when did he start hosting SNL, and when did The Jerk come out? Because The Jerk was like 70s or... 8, maybe. 79. Yeah. And Saturday Night Live was 76. Huh. It's very interesting. I mean, do you want me to look that up? Well, not really. We don't have the time for that, (laughs) personally. Um, JT! So is that it? Is that all we have... (laughs) Well, you know, there's a new commercial out with him, and he will like, also be the musical guest, by the way. And oh, they see that—that's not fair. <laughs> I mean, they got to pay twice for that. They got to spread the wealth. Why do they get paid twice for that? Because they're saving yeah, money they do. if they don't. They do. Because it's, it's different pay scales. Right. The musical guests get paid one rate. The actors get paid another rate. Ah. So, um, I just think they should spread it around. Spread the wealth. Yeah. Yeah. Not the JT. You don't need to spread that around. <laughs> like some horrible disease. Uh, All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about movies. Okay, we're back, and it's time to talk about movies. Uh, Oh, I wrote something in here that doesn't belong here. Uh, All right, what have you seen? Um, First of all, I've seen Shame, which is uh, the movie with Michael Fassbender and Kerry Mulligan from last year where he... Has a sexual addiction. Okay. And it's a movie you would hate because every character is just... Despicable. Uh, not despicable, but troubled and not likable. Yeah. He's not despicable. I mean, he just has his problems. He's, he's not likable, though. Yeah. And he does terrible things. Um, But beautifully done. I mean, I don't know who the direct... I, well, I don't know his name offhand, but I looked to see other stuff he's done, and I didn't know anything else he's done. But visually, it's gorgeous. And it's a really weird style in that there's very little dialogue in the movie. It's very visual. And yeah. But you, you totally David get Mamet. sucked in. No, no, the opposite of David <laughs> Mamet. So you get sucked into that world just based on, like, visuals. And, like, I really felt it was part of it. Like, I felt kind of dirty at the end of it because it's, yeah. it's a little graphic, too. Do you kind of feel that way at the end of Drive, in a sense? Yeah. It has, it has a bit yeah. of that it's feel got, to it's, it. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, that's a good comparison, actually. Yeah. Um, only this was a little more serious even than that. Right. Uh, it was good. Is it a movie I'd watch again? Probably not. Right. Right. But uh, but I appreciated it for what it was. I find I have less desire to watch movies a second time than I used to. And it's not just because I don't have as much time to do it. It's, you know. Because you're getting older and you don't have much time left to live. Uh, so why no. Let's... revisit the past when you should be looking forward to the future? Well, I guess somewhere in there some of that makes sense, but... <laughs> He also just made me feel like I'm on my deathbed, which oh, I'm, I'm not. Um, no, it's just like, uh, you know, I, I, the only movies I really want to see again are like kind of big, exciting movies. You right. know, like character movies, I usually don't feel like I need to see again. I'll go back to a movie if it like instilled something, if it stirred up something in me, which character movies seem to do more. That's where you and I are different. Character movies seem to do more for me than the big movies. Well, no, no I, I don't think I've ever said that, and I don't feel that way, certainly. You just said that you prefer no, I, to I said re-watch. I prefer to rewatch them, but I didn't say that they stir up things in me more than character movies do. Usually character movies do that. I mean, I've, I, I mean, look at Close Encounters. I think that's one of my favorite character movies. There's very little yeah, action would, in that film. Yeah, but 
we're talking still about two different kinds of movies. Yeah, but um, but like the movie that I'm going to talk about in a minute, um, is, it was a, was you know not a big action movie, and I loved it. It was really good. But anyway, uh, go on. Uh, I also watched The Adventures of Tintin. How was that? It was entertaining. Um, I don't think it was like edge of your seat thrills. I mean, there's the whole thing is action. And it was entertaining. It was but supposed to be really good. I heard a lot of good no, things. No, I enjoyed about it. it. I have to tell you the the realism of a lot of the textures and the movement. Yeah, is amazing. Yeah. No, I highly recommend it. It's on uh, Netflix Instant Streaming. Okay, watch it. it it's good. And uh, a lot of the action is good. I just is it too old for my soon to be five year old son? It looked like it probably would be. I wouldn't think so. Is there any swearing? Not that I remember. No. Is there a lot of violence? There are guns, guns, and things like that. Yeah, maybe. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, maybe not that. I tried to get him to watch Star Wars recently, yeah. and he didn't want to watch it. He said he was too scared. He wanted to wait till he was older. So. <laughs> um, but I would recommend it. Yeah. It's a little long. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was... You know what I would compare it to? The first uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Where it was entertaining. Oh, okay. But I didn't... I didn't. It didn't immediately suck me in, and I, like, you know, was all into right. it. But like, but I was entertained by it. Like I know people who who feel that Pirates of the Caribbean is uh, a current example. I mean, current you know within the last few years of the kind of movies we had in the eighties, like Back to the Future and Gremlins and things like that. And I don't, I just well, don't it just feel wasn't done as well. I just don't feel like it was in that category. Oh, like I didn't want to like I didn't want to spend more time in that world. Once the movie was over, I was like, okay, that's enough. I'm done. Just, yeah, I was entertained, but it didn't. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't grab me and shake me. Right. Yeah. Well, that's good. I think I'm pretty no, sure no, that's. I want to do that. Oh, okay. Uh, and then I have a film in my classic film project from 1960. This is a movie, Purple Noon. It's okay. a French film. Okay. Which it was called something Soleil, whatever purple is. I know. I don't remember. Um, but it Isn't is Soleil Sun though. Yes, but that's what it's called, and they just translate it to Purple okay. Noon. So gotcha. I, I don't know. I don't speak French. I don't, ah. I don't know the reason why. But this is on Hulu right now, on Hulu Plus. It's part of the Criterion Collection. This is the original version of The Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, okay. And it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing, except for they changed the ending. And I've read the book and seen the other movie, and so I was a little upset they changed the ending, but still love so, this So Talented Mr. Ripley was a remake of this film? Is what you're saying? Well, no, they're both based on the book. Oh, okay, okay. So gotcha. the book came before both of these, right? Um, but I have to say, the guy who plays Tom Ripley in this, like, amazing, yeah. and apparently did a lot of French. He was a very famous French actor, but he's only done French stuff. So I don't, you know, I had never seen him in anything else. But uh, I have to tell you, you don't this, remember his name. Uh, it's Alain. It, it wasn't Jean Renault. Alain Delon. Wasn't Jean Gabin? No. Here, I'll bring him up on IMDb. But I have to tell you, this movie, if you get a chance, watch it. I absolutely loved it. And for, for it being 1960, first of all, it's visually stunning. The whole thing takes place in all over Italy. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you can thank Criterion in large part for that. Sure. You know what I mean? Because probably however good it looked originally, they probably made it look even better. Perhaps. But, uh, oh, my God, I, I can't say enough great things about it. Four so stars, did you, first did you, you watch it in English or Italian or what? Uh no, it's in French with subtitles. Well, with subtitles, okay. Alain Delon is his name. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, let me find a picture of him when he was from that movie. But uh, 
Oh my god, it makes me because uh, I like the one with Matt Damon, but now this. Yeah, I don't remember it really. This oh, I loved it, but uh, this completely put it to shame. I remember there was uh, some some intrigue, and uh, I think oh, was, there's a lot of intrigue in this was one. It, was a murder maybe? It's done so well, yeah. Wasn't there it a murder? Was done so well, yeah. but can't recommend it enough, except for them changing the ending. Did they make it in typical French fashion more depressing than the original ending? No. It made it happy. I'm not gonna. Well, I don't want to ruin it for okay, anyone who's gonna that's watch fine. it. Because uh, French movies usually end on a kind of sour note. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Here, here he is from that time. Alanda. You know who he looks a little bit like? Uh, what's his name from uh, White Collar? Oh, yeah, I mean, well, a little bit like that guy. A little. I mean, just a little bit. Yeah, that's what he looked like in the movie. Oh yeah, not there. He doesn't. But but highly recommend. He's a handsome fellow. Um. Okay, so we saw Side Effects, the mm-hmm. movie with uh, is it Rooney Mara? Uh-huh. Is that her? Yep. And uh, Jude Law, and Catherine Zeta Jones, and the Channing Tatum, and the Channing Tatum, right? And the Channing Tatum. I almost forgot about him. Um, excellent, excellent film. Really, really good. I mean, it just like again, one of these films that's underdone instead of overdone, and had more of an old school kind of feel to it in the way that it was produced. Um, cool story, great acting all around. Even Channing Tatum wasn't wasn't his usual caveman self. And, oh, I mean, he's done good work. I think you're being a yeah, but he he's still mostly a caveman in no, just about know. everything I've seen of him. That. He's no. great in Twenty One Jump Street. He was still a caveman. Well, that's because that's what his character was. Okay, he handled. Show me uh, anything he's done where he hasn't played that kind of character. Um, well, I don't know a lot of his work, so but, that's all I'm saying. But I've never seen every time him I've seen him. I, I've thought he's kind of a caveman. Yeah. I, I don't find him engaging at all. Like I don't think he has good stage presence, or screen presence, or anything like that. But that's just my opinion. But anyway, it was a great movie, really great movie. Some nice plot twists, uh, some you know, some nice surprises, and it was just it was just so well done. It was well acted, well directed, well written. Um, it was just really cool, and I definitely so a good swan it. song for Steven Soderbergh. Sure, why? It's his last movie. Oh, he's done. Yep. Did he say that? Yes. Wow. So there you go. Good swan song. Maybe he'll come I guess back. he didn't want to end in my Magic Mike, <laughs> which actually got good reviews. It I, did get good reviews, yeah. but uh, I wouldn't want to end on that either. I wouldn't want to begin on that <laughs> or have it, <laughs> I knew, I knew or have it, was, it in the middle. <laughs> I knew it was going to be the way. Yeah, I, really, I, want to, I want to see that movie. Magic Mike or no, side, effects? side Effects? Yeah, it was really good. Um, all right, you want to move on to miscellaneous? Oh, uh, let's. Uh, the Oscars have happened since did, we've did anyone win? Last. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really happy with all the winners. Yeah, I'm usually not, but this year I'm happy with everyone who won. Yeah, from... Other than, you know, yeah, I guess Daniel Day Lewis deserves it, but like he, he has a couple. We know he can act. Like let's not just keep giving it to him. Who won the Best Actor? Daniel Day Lewis. Wait. Oh, so that's what you weren't happy about? Well, no. I mean, I, I guess he deserved it. I mean, yeah. he's always fantastic. Right. But like. You know. Who would you have wanted it to go to? Um, probably, like, just from the movies I saw with the, the actors that were in it, I yeah. thought Joaquin Phoenix actually deserved it. From The Master? The Master yeah. Which I hated that movie, but right, he but is amazing thought... in it. And I really thought Bradley Cooper was really good in Several Landings Playbook. Either one of them I would have been happy with. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm happy that Daniel Day-Lewis won. I mean, he, he was yeah. great. I really like Joaquin Phoenix, too, though. He's a good actor um, when he's not being yeah, crazy. He's well, he's crazy in that movie. Didn't it come out that the crazy thing that he did was like fake? Oh, that thing, yeah, yeah. That documentary about him, 
like playing music or whatever yeah. or with the beard and, and, and yeah. yeah it was all fake yeah um but jennifer lawrence one couldn't be happier about that for silver linings uh-huh yeah uh christoph waltz which was a big surprise very happy about that yeah argo winning that was good news great news yeah um really surprised at ang lee winning best director yeah, what do you think of the whole thing with... But I really think he should have thanked Ben Affleck, or shank, thanked the Academy for not nominating Ben Affleck, because that's the only reason he won. <laughs> Absolutely. What do you think about the whole thing with him and Life of Pi and um, Rhythm and Hughes and that whole thing that's going on? What? You don't know anything about this? I don't think so. So the guy who won, for I guess, for Best Visual Effects for Life of Pi, uh-huh. he started talking... As soon as he started talking, he started talking about... Um, that his company was in trouble and they shut off his mic and took the camera away because outside the theater, a bunch of people in the visual effects industry were protesting that, you know, a lot of these um, producers and, and, you know, movie companies um, that hire the visual effects things are always trying to get them down on price. Then they end up not paying them and stuff. So rhythm and Hughes who did all the effects for Life of Pi, which was basically the reason that movie existed and won anything is because of how what a right. good job they did with all that stuff. There was a lot of stuff that they never went paid for, and Ang Lee publicly criticized them for being too expensive and all this, and that company is now bankrupt and out of business. Wow. Yeah. And and they like they they didn't give any, you know, acknowledgement to the fact that the protest was going on. They cut off his mic and wouldn't even let him talk wow. and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of a big controversy right now. Well. But um I think that's kind of beepy. It's a little crappy, yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Movie's great. Comes out next week on DVD. There you go. You know what I'm upset about about that movie coming out on DVD? So, you know, usually you can buy the Blu ray or the D V D or the three D Blu ray. But here your only option is to buy all three of them. Uh, they'll split it up later. Yeah, but I want it now. Well, you're not going to get it now. That's some BS. Not going to get it now. Why did the tiger have a person's name? Huh? The tiger. I don't know. Oh, you don't know why it was... was cause wasn't the tiger's name like Richard Parker or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did it have... Oh, a- um, there was a reason for it. It was on like the manifest or something. Like it wasn't supposed to be there, so they put it under a person's name kind of thing? Yeah, I don't know. Or that's the person who loaded him on board or something. Yeah, something to that effect. I don't remember exactly. Okay. You're right. Um, What? We'll talk more about the Oscars later. All right. Um, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and Carrie Fisher have all confirmed that they will take part in Star Wars 7. Now, Carrie Fisher made some very funny comments about... Her participation oh, saying she's be in a nursing home, Jedi nursing home. No, yeah, but she'll be wearing the bikini still. <laughs> and if you've seen Carrie Fisher lately, well, she's working on it. She's, is she? She's, Does she say she's trying she's to. On, you haven't seen her on the Jenny Craig commercials? No, no, uh, no. She's working on it. Probably for this. I would assume. Yeah. I would assume. Um, I think that's great. I just, I just, you yeah. know, and and, and, and they're not overused. Well, and, and Mark they try Hamill to make them. Mark Hamill had some really good comments on how he hopes Luke is going to be used, that he thinks he should be, you know, not front and center, but he should right. basically be the Obi-Wan type of character. And I think that's perfect, right. you know, because we we don't want to see more adventures with a bunch of geriatric right. people. Right. You know, let them be those those guiding forces. The guiding lights. Guiding forces. Forces. Because it's oh. Star Wars, see? Um, but let somebody new who's mostly an unknown actor... Take over the reins. Not Channing Tatum. Not Channing Tatum. We do. I do not want to see him anywhere near no. the Star Wars galaxy <laughs> at all. I don't even want him in a tin can pretending to be somebody pretending to right. be R2-D2. 
And I hope they bring back Anthony Daniels and, and you know, Warwick Davis and all those people who have been in these movies before. Kenny Baker. Kenny Baker. Is he still alive? Is he? You know. I don't know. You look him up? Is he still alive? Uh, look him up. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Look him up. It kind of matters to him no, and his family and friends. He's a little, little person. Another little person. My God. They're not interchangeable, okay? They're not cogs in a machine. Wow. He was in a tin can for three movies. <laughs> Did you know Warwick Davis, when he played Wicket, the Ewok was only 11? I think I did know that. Yeah, he was a kid. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Uh, X-Men First Class director Matthew Vaughn will direct a Fantastic Four reboot. You know, I caught a little of, remember the the one with Michael Chiklis and Chris Evans and Jessica Alba? You mean the Fantastic Four? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I caught um, a little of that. I had seen it before. The first or the second? The first one. And okay. it was on somewhere recently, and I caught like maybe 20 minutes yeah, of it. It's so it's bad. really bad. So bad. It's really bad. I, I still don't think the Avengers movie was that good. I don't either. I just don't think it's that good of a movie. Either. People think, oh my God, it's they the think it's the best movie? comic book movie. I can't even tell you what that movie's about. Yeah. Other than them getting together to fight bad people, right. I don't know what the no. I don't know what the bad guys wanted. Disagree. I don't I mean, know. agree with you. Yeah. Disagree with. I don't others. know what the bad guys wanted. I don't know what they were doing there. I didn't care about anything that was going on in that movie. Right. It was all spectacle and no substance for me. Absolutely. I, I just didn't get the hubbub over that film. I agree at all. Whereas uh, X Men First Class was fantastic. Yes, that was a great movie. Very good. May I move on? Yes, you may. Uh, Mark Wahlberg revealed this week that, or actually last week, because I made this sure. last week because you were sick, because right. we were going to do this last week. Because you were in prison, you mean? And this was all finished and right. ready to go. So a lot and you of had to get busted. older. And... <laughs> Why do you keep going with the prison? <laughs> it's taking the spotlight what? off of me. I know, but what, what would I have been arrested for? I don't know what goes on in your life. <laughs> <laughs> if you did, you'd see that there's nothing illegal about anything I'm doing. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, getting back. Mark Wahlberg revealed last week that he was J.J. Abrams' first choice to play Captain Kirk's father in the Star Trek reboot from a couple of years ago. He has stated that he turned the role down because he couldn't understand most of the language used in the script because he's dumb. That was in his words. Those were his words. Because, he said he read the, the because script he's dumb and he just part? didn't understand. No, no. Oh, I said you added that. Oh, dumb. okay. But he said he... He was offered it. He was given the script. He read the script. He's is like, he really that dumb? I, I couldn't. He goes, I couldn't understand what it was about. I couldn't understand the language in it, so I turned it down. Oh my god, that is like <laughs> so weird. Look at so he's funny. basically his character from uh, from Boogie, Boogie Nights. Nights yeah. Yeah. He's pretty much he is that character, but without the most important feature, Dirk Diggler. <laughs> no Diggler. Uh, Dirk Diggler, Sans Diggler. In some surprising news, Megan Fox and Michael Bay will reunite on a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. God, is she one of the turtles? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, is she going to play Horny, the eighth dwarf? <laughs> oh, that's a different movie. That's a different reboot. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper will reteam with David O. Russell on his next film. The cast will also include Christian Bale, Jeremy Renner, Amy Adams, and Louis C.K. Wow. I wonder what that's going to be about. Um, I don't know. But David O. Russell was, you know, Silver Linings Playboy. Sure. I, I gathered that. Okay. Uh, James Marston has joined the cast of Anchorman 2. He will play a rival newsman to Ron Burgundy. And Harrison Ford has also signed on to appear. <laughs> that could be funny. Probably playing like an old, like. Yeah. Old Anchorman. Yeah. Old Boys Club guy. Maybe the head of the You know, because he was, so, he was so good as an Anchorman in, in Morning Glory that they thought he'd bring him back. Morning Glory. My, I don't point even remember. my point exactly. Wow. <laughs> you know, a lot of those movies he did back in like the eighties and stuff. This was like two years ago. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Wow. 
you know, it's him and Diane Keaton. So who wants to see that? Right. Other than him and Diane Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> um, a sequel to Finding Nemo has been confirmed. You know what? That's a very pleasant little Pixar movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. What's this one going to be called? Found him? Still found him? <laughs> oh, my God. He's lost again. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? Uh, this is sad. David Duchovny is urging fans to campaign for a third X-Files film. That is sad. Yeah. And I'm surprised. Yeah. I always thought that he didn't really like the X-Files. Not anymore. Wow. He probably just wants to work. Isn't he still work? Doesn't he have a show? He have I a don't show? think that's on anymore. Californication? Yeah. I don't think that's on anymore. Oh, okay. I may be wrong. Um, Jason Clark of Zero Dark Thirty and the Chicago Code will star in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Gary Oldman will also appear. As an ape? No news yet if uh, James Franco is back. Because you know it's the yes. sequel. To, to the rise of, of the, planet. the planet of the apes. Right. You don't need three ofs and three these in a title. Unless it's the good, the bad, the ugly. That's only two ofs. But still, that's more ofs than you need. No, it's three ofs. Rise. The rise. Oh. The rise of the planet. Or rise of the planet of the apes. It's two ofs. Oh, I can't count. No. <laughs> what are you talking about? But it's... It's it's uh, you know two ofs connecting three ideas and that's too right. many ideas for one. Too many title. ideas in one title. Right. Um. Yeah. I, I would. I would be into that. I like that movie a lot. Yes. It was, good. was a good. Movie. Um. We we reported earlier on a twenty thousand leagues under the sea remake. At present, David Fincher is slated to direct with Channing no. Tatum starring. No. Come I'm gonna, on. I'm gonna make you like Channing Tatum. There's no way. He has no charisma that's at all. That's not true at all. In you my see. opinion, he has zero charisma. Yeah, well, that's in your opinion. Right. He's one of the hottest actors right now. I don't care. So I, other people find charisma in him. Well, other people might find something in him, but it ain't charisma. Um, David Fincher doing 20,000 Leagues, that could be good. Channing Tatum in that movie, that could be bad. Maybe he'll get something out of him that you'll be surprised about. Ooh. You need to be a little more. Uh, no, I don't. Oh, okay. It's coming from you. That's a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Pipe down, Jailbird Joey. <laughs> I don't know what that means. That was one of the best lines from uh, Back to the Future when he leans down and sees, you know, oh, Jailbird Joey in the crib. He's like, "Better get used to them bars, kiddo." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. There's a movie they need to sell on its own on Blu-ray. Yeah, because who wants two and three? Right. And four or however many there were. There's three. Two was okay. It was mildly entertaining. But one is just a great movie. Right. A great movie. Yeah, I really wish that was sold by itself too. But I have I have the trilogy. Somebody gave it to me. Um, all right, is that it for movies? Yes. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about everything else. Okay, we're back, and it's time to talk about everything else in the old mashup. Moosh, 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 moosh. And Alitalia Pilot. <laughs> An Alitalia Pilot. By the way, will you ever fly Alitalia again? I have flown. Well, first of all, I would never pronounce it Alitalia. Yeah, well, whatever. Would you ever fly it again? Uh, yeah, because it's inexpensive. It's the worst airline in the world. Um, it is internationally, but if you fly them, actually, actually, I'm flying them from Rome. You should fly them in Italy from one part in Italy to another, 
beautiful place. Really? Yeah. Because the one from uh, London to uh, Florence was a disaster. The one I've taken from disaster. Rome to Sicily was like one of the nicest planes I've ever been on. But I don't know why it's that way. Yeah, that makes no sense. Internally. Yeah. But uh, no, it's it's bad when you fly internationally. But it's nonstop and it's inexpensive. So. Yeah. Uh, an Alitalia pilot flying to JFK spied a drone aircraft with four propellers flying close to it the other day. Neither the FAA or FBI have any idea what kind of drone it was or why it was there. The drone was about fifteen hundred feet in the air. That's a little creepy. Um, I think maybe the Alitalia pilot had been drinking too much of the wine. Somebody else can confirmed it. Somebody else on the plane. I know, but let me tell you, when I was on that flight, they ran out of wine before they even got to me, so it's going and somewhere. And you saw the cart by the cockpit? It's going somewhere. Yeah. Wouldn't oh, so someone me. else saw it as well? Yeah. Somebody else in the cockpit saw it too. Uh, if you're thinking about getting a laptop but wish it was a bit cheaper, your wish may be coming true soon. According to the Wall Street Journal, Microsoft has started offering discounts to OEMs for Windows 8 and Office 2013 in order to encourage better sales of small laptops with touchscreens. The new deal will add only $30 to the price of the laptop versus the $120 it cost previously. That's ah, a huge discount. It's $90. Yep, that's a lot. What are laptops if, going for these days? Uh, you can get them anywhere from three, wow. 300 bucks up. You know. Remember back when you couldn't buy a laptop for under two grand? Yeah. I mean, I, I got a laptop recently, and it was 1100 but it's a really, really nice laptop. You know, it's got a lot of a lot of bells and whistles. You know, gadget, fancy gizmos. Literally, bells and whistles. Let's <laughs> let you know it's coming down the tracks. Uh, the newest streaming device from Roku, the Roku Three, is much faster, has a new interface and a cool feature called Private Mode, where you can plug headphones into the remote and it'll mute the TV and push the audio just through the headphones. I like that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. The Roku 3 will go on sale for 100 bucks, but owners of older Roku products will get the new interface for free. Let me tell you, my TV's doing that thing again. Yeah. I turned on the TV the other day to use the Pandora, and uh, and none of my apps were... They weren't showing up on the screen, on yeah. the smart TV screen. And some some of them, the, the tiles that are usually there weren't there either. That happened to me the other day. And uh, Oh, maybe... I just hit exit, and then I went back in, and it was fine. Oh, well, I didn't try to do that. But I went into the Samsung apps, and so it showed that all the apps that I had downloaded them all. So then I pressed Pandora, and I had to sign in again. That is weird. I hate that. that I didn't try weird. any of the other apps. I'm sure I have to sign in. Do all you think of those. you were being punished because you keep calling it the Pandora? Did I say the Pandora? Yes, you did. Just saying. Uh, researchers at Georgia Tech University have plans for an antenna made of graphene that would allow for transferring a terabit of data in one second. That's a lot. That's about 125 gigabytes That's a in lot one too. second. They're still a long way off from production, but the thought of a future where wireless is much faster than wired connections is pretty darn cool. That's a lot. That is the extent of the moosh moosh. That's it? There's nothing going on. What? Nobody has invented anything. Nobody's coming out with anything new. Hey, you know what I forgot to mention in movies? <laughs> what? <laughs> I forgot to mention something. That the new Star Trek movie will be released a week earlier in England than it will here. What is up with that? Moved to England. What is up with that? Didn't that happen with like the Hunger Games or Skyfall or something like that? Skyfall. What's up? I mean, that at least I understand because it's Skyfall. But come on. What's Skyfall? No surprise about her winning the Oscar. No. Right. Well, no one's heard of those other songs. What other songs? Right. <laughs> exactly. Hey, did you hear the whole Shirley Bassey story? No. Um, 
So apparently, Goldfinger. Apparently, well, first of all, she's like seventy-nine years old. He's the man. She looks fantastic for the seventy-nine. The man with the gold finger. <laughs> apparently, she was such a diva that she had all these requests—not uh, requests, like for, for the Oscars, me. Yeah. Oh, and not back in the day. Because they were going to do her and Adele together. Like she sings then Adele, and she's like, "Absolutely not! I won't share the stage time with anyone." And then there's rumors. No, I'm sure this didn't happen because some of the bonds backed out. But remember, I even mentioned here that all the bonds were going to appear. Yeah, well, Connery has always said he would never do that. Um, well, for a while they were reporting that it was going to happen. So then they why. were going to bring then they were going to bring just a few on. Now some of this is speculation. They're going to bring just a few on, but she refused to share the stage with anyone. Yeah, she said, "I I won't do it if if because uh, they wanted all they talked about bringing maybe other singers and singing a couple of right. other theme songs wouldn't have any Nancy Sinatra." She would only do Carly Simon. Uh, I'm sure, Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. Duran Duran. Uh, they probably would not call Duran Duran. Madonna. Chris Cornell. Wait, what did Madonna do? Um, Die Another Day. I don't remember that. Um, anyway, she wouldn't share the stage with That's kind of hilarious. Yeah. Sean Connery has always said he would never do anything having to do with Bond again. Really? Yeah. He hated it. That's so weird. The reason he quit in the first place was because he hated it and thought he was being underpaid and all this stuff. He's like, I am James Bond, and you guys need to pay me more. And they're like, no. And he's like, all right, see ya. And then he left, and then he came back after George Lazenby did uh, Under Majesty's Secret Service. That's I don't know why. And then he did that fake- I didn't know it was such an ugly relationship. Yeah, and then he did that fake James Bond movie, uh, Never Say Never Again. Right. With Kim Basinger. Yeah. Oh, God. What a terrible, terrible film. I do not- If there's one thing I don't want to see James Bond doing ever- it's playing video games. Okay. Was well, that happen there? Yeah, I never saw it. The, the whole his whole big bad his whole fight against the big bad guy is who was by the way Christopher Walken was playing video games against him. What? Also the bad guy in Video Kill. Well, maybe it wasn't him. Maybe I got that wrong. It was Max von Sydow or something ah. like that. I don't know. Well, that could be scary. <laughs> Just in general. Um, well, anyway, so this is the part of the program where we talk about our best and worst entertainment moments of the week. Tony, please start with your worst. Uh, I'm going to go with the Oscars. Now, even though I'm really happy about all the people that won, I thought Seth MacFarlane was terrible. And I know Didn't some people, I mean, there were a couple funny lines and everything, but why is it so hard to find a host that can do it well? You know why it's hard? Because they keep getting people that are not stand-up comedians. That's what you need to host the Oscars. You know, I thought it was all right when uh, Hugh Jackman Hugh is Jackman. The, only, yeah. the only exception I will make. Right, but but I thought the Billy Crystal ones were He's pretty a good. Comedian, I, right? But I and 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 again, I've talked about this before. I like that he respects the the gala of it all. Right, you know whereas I mean? Segment McFarlane did not. Okay, yeah, I didn't um, see it. So. It's it just ugh. terrible. I didn't like it at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you see any of the Oscars? No, I didn't see anything. Trying to think of my worst entertainment moment, and I'm trying to think of uh, what it might be. Can't really think of anything that was that bad. Um, wow. I guess the only thing that I was really disappointed with in since we did the last show is, um, as much as I liked Crisis, it was really short. Like it felt really short. And maybe I'm just imagining that. Maybe it was just so good that it went by so quickly. Uh, but it really felt very short to me, and so I was disappointed that there wasn't more of it. That's not such a bad. No, I guess not. First world problems, right? Right. Yeah. Um, what about your best entertainment? Moment? Um, that's hard to pick. I'm gonna probably go with. Oh, it's 
so hard. Ding, 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 ding. I'll go with Tomb Raider. There you go. Yeah. I knew it was coming. It was between that or Purple Noon. Yeah. But I'll go with Tomb Raider. Wow. Or the Americans. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go with the Americans. I think I'm going to have to go with the Americans, especially the after Americans. last night. Because I have to say, I really look forward to, to I do it too. every week. And last night's was so good. Oh, I can't wait to go home and watch so it. Good. So yep, good. I'll go Americans. So there, we're Americans in agreement. the block. Amer- <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Circle gets a square. <laughs> I'll take Paul Lind to, to win. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> I once met a man who ate an entire pumpkin pie in one sitting. <laughs> I don't know. It's from when he was on the X-Files, actually. <laughs> a nice X-Files tie-in there for David Duchovny. I'm still freaked out that he's I thought urging. That's, that's not Paul Lynn. That's uh, Charles Nelson Riley. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I screwed up. Yeah, Charles Nelson Riley. Paul Lynn. Uh, did I tell you we watched a few episodes of the Brady Bunch recently? We recorded them for Enzo to see him, but he's afraid of shows with that are live action for some reason. So, <laughs> so he didn't want to really a lot watch of therapy it. in the kids' future. <laughs> but, but um, but so we just left them on. They're actually pretty funny. I mean, they're super cheesy and and sugary sweet, but they're more. They're actually more sarcastic than I had remembered them being. And they're actually and Alice is a hoot. Well, you've just aged about twenty years. She is, she is. But but her delivery is so well, 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 you know, you know what I mean, chicken lady. Yeah, she is kind of chicken lady. But uh, but I mean, the show is actually pretty funny. It's like the Mm. writing was pretty funny. Um, You know what show still makes me laugh out loud when I watch it? And it's I found it today. It's sixty years old. Is um, I love Lucy. Still makes me laugh out loud. Really? Yeah. I never got into that show. What? Yeah, I never got into that show. Laugh out loud. Yeah, my sister's name is Lucy, so I don't know. Okay. I don't know what that has to do. With I don't that. want to get any family drama. No, no or make you no, admit that you love Lucy. There's no family drama. Well, I just, I just, uh, I don't know. I never, I never got into that show. Was it a little slapsticky? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, is that? <laughs> Are you above that? No, not at all. I think that can be very funny, but I, I think. When I was at the age where I was watching that, you know, like when I would have been watching that as a kid, I probably didn't appreciate it. Right. And so I just never really got into it. Dick um, Van Dyke show is another one that's funny. Still funny. Yeah, I remember actually kind of liking yeah. that show, even when I was a kid, like kind of thinking it was funny. In fact, she was read... so she was so pretty. Yeah. She was so pretty. I just re- uh, heard a podcast. It was an interview with uh, Carl Reiner, and he just released all of the Dick Van Dyke shows on Blu-ray. Isn't that weird? That is weird. I never looked it, it up, It would though. look exactly the same as VHS, I'm sure. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's in black and white. It was filmed like a million years ago. It was probably – was. I wonder if it was shot on video, like on early video, or if it was film. I'm sure it was film. Think so? Yeah. I seem to ha- remember it having a vaguely electronic look to it. But maybe you're probably right. It was probably film. Um, boy, that's weird. It is not. Oh my god! You know how much it is on Blu-ray? How much? Two hundred bucks. Wow. How many episodes is it? Um, hundred fifty-eight. Oh. Uh, more than high a, def for the very first time. That's in more. Uh, that's more than a dollar an episode. It's crazy though when you see some of those. Go on. I want you the next time you turn on Netflix. Just watch an episode of the old Twilight Zone. All of the Twilight Zone are on there. Oh, really? And they look amazing. Really? Amazing. But they're 4-3, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, as this would be too. Yeah, right. But uh, absolutely crisp, clear, and amazing. Yeah. Both The Twilight Zone and Outer Limits were really good shows. I mean, really good. It'd be cool if somebody did that kind of- have the whole Twilight Zone on Blu-ray too for 200 bucks. Um, it'd be cool if somebody did. Shows on it'd be cool, cool if somebody did like an anthology show like that now. Like people don't really do that, do they? What do you mean? Like where you know it's different actors every week. Oh, they don't do that. They should. Yeah, because I, I mean, I think about those. There. Think Amazing about those series stories. that 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 like launched a lot of you know stars. I mean, a lot yeah. of big people. You know, people who were much more famous later were on the Twilight Zone when yeah. they were. Clint Eastwood was on an episode. Um, what's his name? Captain Kirk. Uh, yeah, William Shatner. Yeah, a lot, but a lot of people, a lot of people did Twilight Zone that were ended up being big names. Um, but that, I like that format, you know, just like where the overall concept is it's just this. a story in thirty minutes, right? And then, like, and then you're done, you're out, you go back to dinner. You should do whatever. that. I like that idea. Love American style. Mm-hmm. Doing it in the red, white, and blue. Right. <laughs> I think we should end on that. <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> All right. Thanks as always for listening. Don't forget you can send us email to. Uh, what podcast at pause.com? Is that what we've been telling people? <laughs> Have I even set that I mean, up? They're, they're not doing We're it. We're probably missing so, out I mean, on like thousands of emails. Yeah. You could say Microsoft. Uh, leave us messages on Facebook. <laughs> Don't forget to leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. And as always, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.